Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Today, we continue the conversation with a master business strategist. She has grown businesses to a billion dollars, like with a B. She recently was the CEO of a $100 million construction company, only to pivot and choose her current social enterprise, 90 Degrees Global. No wonder she has again been nominated for the Australian Telstra Businesswoman of the Year Award. Real Bergen Doyle is the accumulation of having started her self-development journey early. This doesn't mean it has all been roses and sunshine for her, but rather that she has taken risks most are too afraid to take and created nonprofits like Step Up impact in her community and beyond. She is a force to be reckoned with. And I just like, that is so a word for her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I wanted to share her story with you all because like, namely because of her resilience and tenacity to continue standing when the chips are down. And today to be at the forefront of an organization that is making a real difference in the world. So real, thank you so much. You know, I'm calling this the, your mini break in the day because things are full tilt with this current <laughs> business. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. It's exciting to be here. Woo-hoo. Well, that's what she says before I asked anything. No, that's good. Um, <laughs> I, I, will say, I have to correct one thing. I haven't built a billion dollar business yet. Oh, okay. It okay. is my plan. I have grown billion dollar companies. I've grown four hundred million dollar companies and billion dollar companies, and worked on their strategies and their growth. Uh, but I haven't yet created a billion dollar company myself. Except we are on track. Uh, if we continue the growth trajectory we're on now and the plans we've got, we'll be somewhere in the half a billion in the next decade. Congratulations and thank you for that because um, my. Well, you know Nat very well. That's how we know each other. And one thing that Nat's great at is when she got introduced as um, a London Olympian before she had qualified, she remembered that feeling like she was walking onto a TV show set. So it was live and they announced her like that. And she remembers going, right. So reality is going to catch up with that statement. So real, 
this is it. <laughs> Reality's yeah. just catching up with that statement right there. Perfect. Let's go. Being Let's go. For it. <laughs> okay. So I really want to follow this thread of resilience and stamina throughout your life. And so if you could take me back to a recall moment where you feel like, hey, that was an example of tenacity. So it can be when you were young, it can be seemingly, you know, not earth shattering, but it was the first example of resilience in you. Can you think of a time? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think there was probably ones before this, but the, I mean, the biggest one for me, and this is like super personal. Uh, <laughs> the biggest one for me was I, um, I got sick with glandular fever twice in um, one when I, once when I was 12. You're not supposed to be able to get it twice, but I did. Uh, once when I was 12 and once when I was 14. When I was 14, it was really, really bad. I was supposed to, they wanted to hospitalise me. Uh, instead, we had care come into the house. And um, anyway, I was really sick. I missed an entire semester of school, couldn't get out of bed, just sick as a dog. And uh, after that, I had to ease back into school like one day a week, two days a week. It was like fully very not great. Uh, yeah. And then um, for whatever reason, something went awry in my mind and uh, I became anorexic. And there's studies to say those two things are often connected, blah, blah, blah. But it makes no difference. I became anorexic and ah. uh, I was in hospital and uh, the doctors had just told my parents that if I continued, I'd probably only have six months. Oh, wow. And there was this moment where I went, that is so not happening. Uh, and I don't know. I just went, okay. I had, I had a swear word. <laughs> I said something to myself, uh, like F that. And that was it. I, I got myself well and um, brought myself wow. back from that. It's been a, you know, and for me, I, I have had an ongoing, it's been an ongoing, what would you call it? Uh, an ongoing, the self care thing has been an ongoing thing for me my whole life, but that ability to say, no, that's enough now. That's forget that. That's ridiculous. Uh, this is not happening. This is not how this shall be uh, has has really always been there and probably I've never thought about it until now, but that was definitely the first time I said, nah, that's not happening. Bang. This shall be fixed and fixed. Wow. It. <laughs> okay. This is awesome. So I want to ask you a question about that. When you say to yourself, uh, if that it's not going to go like that, do you have a vision of how it will go? Like I just want to get on that decision point for a sec because I think that's something that you powerfully do in a lot of areas of your life. I've seen it. I've seen it in action that when you create miracles, do you have like a vision or you just, it's like unequivocal. It's like, there is no other possibility. It's that. There is no other possibility. It's, you know, Tony Robbins calls it burning the boats or whatever. I, I, I just, right. you know, when you, for me, uh, once that can, once I'm clear, yeah. no, this is how it's going to go. Then all my energy goes into making it go that way. And, you know, I don't, in my experience, it doesn't always happen in the time frame that I want. So I would okay. have a vision about the time frame, uh, but it always happens. <laughs> Got it. 
and pretty you, much. And you had that relationship with yourself, like a belief, like, Hey, I know this will happen. Yeah. I, well, I think it's not a really, it's a, um, it's a way of being going, no, I'm causing the matter. This is, this is how it's going to go. It's, a, it's like, it's up to me to make that happen. And, and what do I need to do? Who do I need to be? Uh, who else can I, who do I need to bring on board? What do I, who do I need to talk to? How do I make this actually come to, to life? Uh, yeah. And so self-development, did that come as a source of what you just said? So it was like, yes, I think so. This is going to have a different reality. So when was your first kind of exposure to maybe getting some help, new ideas, some personal development? So I did my first um, personal development program, which is Money in You, which is uh, ironically or not <laughs> the program I now make available to the world. Um, uh, I did that when I was 22. And, wow. um, you know, at that point I was, uh, I had a big job. I was running the marketing and growth of 120 companies at one time for a year at a time. I had a team of uh, consultants working under me that were twice my age and mostly men. Uh, so I had this kind of really big uh, role and I was working really hard. And one of those um, team members of mine had done the program called Money and You. And then he, he, he said, oh, he told me about it. I said, sounds great. Fantastic. Okay, great. Let's see if um, the company will send some people. So uh, the company I was working for was an incredible organization. And they went, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. We'll send half a dozen of you. And, uh, and so that's how I came to be at Money and You. And I was 22. And I really, what I got from a personal point of view was I got complete about some things in my family. My parents had just divorced. So I was a complete mess about that. Uh, that kind of got righted a little bit. Um, and then uh, I also got the access to being an entrepreneur, frankly, to doing it for myself. I'd always known I wanted to do something. I just, that wasn't a nine to five. I just didn't know quite what it was. And then when I went to Money New, I'm like, oh, it's this. Got it. Excellent. Fantastic. And then six months later, with 1100 bucks to my name, I started my first business, which was a, a strategic planning business in 1992, 1993, where Australians didn't do strategic back then that was something Americans did we were much more a culture of she'll be right mate back then so uh, <laughs> so it was interesting and then you know I just used what I got at money and you and my personal drive um, I'll definitely say that that was there but but really I used what I got at money and you and the distinctions from money and you to build that business to just about a million bucks within 18 months Okay. So distinguish a couple of things. So to me, I'm getting that you are very driven. You had this capacity to decide things and know that they would happen. So before you ever step into money and you, I mean, you're already doing something quite driven. Um, what was the difference between doing that role that you had been doing, which m many people would have called you successful to starting your own company? What's the, the difference? What did it take and what did you learn that it would take? Uh, it just took uh, an unwillingness for it not to happen. <laughs> like that, okay. that thing I was talking about earlier, I was determined. I think that would be the word that's the most common. If you ask my mother, she'd be like, you've been like that from birth. But I would, I would say the word is determined. Uh, I was determined to to do something different. I did not want to have a nine to five life and I was committed to doing something different. And I had seen that um, marketing 
and sales are um, the lifeblood of a business. But if you don't have the other stuff sorted, systems, operations, you know, if you make the phone ring and no one's trained to answer it and to be great with the customers, then you're not going to make any sales anyway. You're just going to burn those leads. So I started to see that business was more than sales and marketing, that it really was about the well-being of the whole um you know, system, I guess you'd call it, the whole system called a business. And I was very interested in how do you grow a business as a whole and make sure it's um, effective. And, and the one thing I found that I thought was really uh, clever was to actually do some strategic work and map a plan of how you're going to build each area of the business such that the business overall grows um, as a result. So uh, I was very committed that that work would make a difference with people. Um, there was an opportunity in the market. I saw there was an opportunity in the market. There was a, a government grant that would um, pay half of people doing those business plans back then because the Queensland government wanted people to do business plans. I, I heard about that. Uh, and so I took my little 1100 bucks and, and started and just went for it. Um, and I, I do think I had the naivety. I had the blessing of naivety. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what it was really going to look like. Um, and, uh, or what it was really going to take. Uh, and I was only, by that time I was only 23 and, you know, all my mates were out partying and work, they would do their jobs and go out partying and blah, blah, blah. And here I was starting my very first business with no capital, no experience, really, uh, no family support. My parents didn't want me to quit my awesome job because it was a very high paying job. Uh, I worked very hard for it, but they didn't want me to quit it because they were in business. They were like, oh, dude, you have no idea what you're doing. It's, it's super hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, whatever, I'm doing it. And then uh, there was no internet. <laughs> I had no, I had no uh, credit because I'd blown all my credit when I was 18. Uh, and I really had no business being in that business. And, and most of my clients were going to be men two and three times my age. Uh, and here I was going to be telling them how to grow a business when I'd actually never had a business myself. <laughs> So really that business should have been an epic fail, but instead um, we grew to be the largest provider of business planning and strategic planning in Queensland. Uh, and we started expanding into New South Wales. Um, I'd built the business based on what I learned at Money and You, such that it worked for it without me. And I took six months off, traveled to the US and came home and decided I was going to sell it. And I sold it for six figures at the three and a half year mark. Oh, amazing. <laughs> when you were a little girl, did you dream of a life like that? Did it have the word business? Did it, what were your dreams when you were growing up? Uh, I don't really, I'm very clear. We do this thing in Money and You where we, we sort of, there's a piece where we do a little bit of work where you look back like that. And, you know, if I look my, if I, every time I, I sort of go back to that, my five-year-old just wanted to help people. I, that's all I wanted to do. Uh, so I don't remember, um, you know, I don't remember specifically anything like that. I just remember having a commitment to helping people. And then, and then as it transpired, uh, you know, my parents took me, took me on holiday to Numia to a club med when I was 11. Yeah. And I loved it so much. I cried all the way from the end when we left the hotel to the airport. It was like an hour's drive. I cried the entire way back to the plane to come home to Brisbane. And, uh, and, then in high school, I realized that there was this tourism and hospitality uh, thing happening in Queensland. So even back then, I don't know why, but I'm very, very strategic because even in grade 11 and 12, I was like, oh, the fastest growing market in Queensland is tourism and hospitality. Great. I'm going to go do that. 
so uh, so then I, I went to do I went and did that I did a degree in, in hospitality management and then halfway through went I don't want to be in hospitality what was I thinking uh, and took on all the marketing um, electives and just tra- basically ended up with a degree that looked much more like a marketing degree than a hospitality degree and and then came out of that and, and again was determined to not take just any job I worked as a laborer a babysitter and a bartender so that I did not have to take any old crap job. And I finally uh, cracked a job where I won the job out of, I won the job, I won the job over 400 other candidates. And, uh, and that started me on the path of understanding how to grow a business. Uh, and then, but, that went, but going from that to being in my own business, I had absolutely no idea what it was really gonna take. <laughs> like, right. no idea, but I don't think, you do whenever you make a in my experience whenever I make a really big commitment to cause something I have no idea what it's actually going to take or what it's going to look like I could have a sense of it like a flavor of it but until you're actually in it my experience is you actually have no idea and and being in business is the biggest personal development program I think other than parenting that you could do (laughs) (laughs) very good so what what do you reckon causes you and sometimes it's unconscious Maybe your husband would have a better view of this one sometimes. But what do you think causes you to engage? Because in a way you said, look, I don't actually know what it's going to take. The naivety is probably helpful. Um, But what do you think causes you to jump? Because you're jumping and you have been your whole (laughs) life. So what do you think causes you to say, yep, I'm all in for that. I'm going for that. Um. I don't, I don't know. I actually don't, I don't have words for it. I think it's, um, I have some ambitions. I have a lot of goals. I'm determined to have a certain quality of life. Uh, and I'm very committed. I feel very, uh, I wrote a poem once about my ancestors. I feel very, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that came before me. Uh, mm. And I am very clear that they wanted it to be better for every generation that came after them. I'm very determined and I had a great platform for my parents. So I'm very, my grandparents, so I'm very, um, in terms of the way I was raised, so I'm very determined that I demonstrate something that's beyond what would be standard or normal, uh, considered that, considered those words and, 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 and leave something for my, um, son and my stepdaughters so that they are like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. We, what we do is we forward, we forward, the game. That's what we Got did. It. <laughs> Got it. Okay. This, this may actually answer this, but um, I want to take the listeners through some of the soul searching that you've been through over the past years, you know, in business, because sometimes, you know, it's easy yes. to talk about the billions and the million and this is what's grown <laughs> and this and all this, it, but it hasn't been all roses and sunshine. So what allows you to, you know, there's been times where I think other people would have thrown in the towel. They would have buried their head <laughs> and never lifted it up again. Truly. Um, and that could have been you in the hospital room when they said, you've got six months. It's like you were a hell no then. And to me, you were a hell no here. So what has you <laughs> rise up and begin creating and, and really making impact again when things, when the chips were down? Um. I think, you know, so for people listening, uh, in a few years ago, I lost everything. I had a very successful large business. 
we were the 11th fastest growing company in Australia. I'd just been nominated and was a finalist for Telstra Businesswoman of the Year Award. I had a nonprofit charity that I'd been running for a decade called Step Up Foundation that I created from nothing. It was, growing, it was now operating in three countries and that's actually how I met Nat, therefore you. Uh, so I had that and I had my business. Uh, we had 22 staff. We had about 200 people out in the field, um, 65 franchisees. Uh, it was uh, an incredible um, business that was created and uh, we stuffed some things up and uh, and I say we because you know for me uh, it's never it's it's always a well in that scenario I'm happy to say I stuffed things up and I've completely owned that result so we lost everything my husband and I pretty much lost everything uh, and had to start again. And it was a, it was, I wouldn't wish that experience on my worst enemy. Uh, and I'm a much better business person for it. And I, I'm, I think I'm a probably a slightly better human for it, but uh, I, I, I would never want to do it again. Uh, but I learned some really critical lessons, um, like really critical lessons. And I think, you know, that drive to move forward, uh, that I was talking about before, just forward the game. You just, all we have to do is forward the game. Just find a way to forward the game is, you know, what, what we did, what I did. And, and, yes. and how, you know, what other alternate is there? You can't really, I mean, you could, but it's not going to look real. It's not going to be a great experience to just throw on the towel because it's, and look, I did retreat for a period of time. I definitely retreated and not just in my mind, like we literally physically moved way out in the middle of nowhere and I needed that space. I actually needed to recover. I needed to retreat and right. I would, I'd go out and be, you know, creating and causing and working and so on to, to make sure we could uh, live, like to bring income in. And then I would drive up to that house and go over the hill in the middle of nowhere. It was literally in the middle of nowhere uh, and just feel this deep sense of calm to that, in that particular space. So, uh, and look, we didn't really have a choice. I think that's the other thing. When you go broke or when you have a horrible experience, you, you just, you have to get up. You have to keep going. There's actually no option. I had a little baby boy. You know, we, we had to just buck up and get going. And that's what we did. It took me a little while. Uh, and then I did go back to, the thing that brought me out of it really was yeah. remem remembering who I was and what I really stood for and the work that I had done, going back to the work I'd done. So I went back to, um, uh, some programs with Landmark. I found, I, we brought, uh, we actually in that process brought Money in You back to Australia for the first time. I hadn't been here since the 90s. And being in a Money in You room, I'm like, oh, that's right. Of course. Oh, my God. Great. Correction without invalidation. Move on. Great. Done. So going back to the personal development I'd done and calling on those learnings and remembering actually that's where I stand, that's who I am, is, is that you take, you take ownership for what's happened and, and you create from there. So that's really the key for me was calling on those learnings. And, and I did have the experience of um, it really felt like coming out of the dark and coming back towards the light when I, when I came out the other side yeah. of that. Mm. Yeah. And then it's just been onwards since then. Thank you for sharing that because I think there was something really profound. You know, Nat said this to me the other day too. She was in New Zealand and they were talking about you keep, you have said it a couple of times this word forward. She actually had a, another, another word that belongs with it that I can't think of. But basically, um, 
it's the recovery for perfectionism <laughs> for this <laughs> yes. idea of not wanting to do anything in case it fails because every single thing is moving the needle forward. That's what I got from what you're sharing and what Absolutely. She, is like that um, event that you said you'd not wish on your worst enemy yet it moved the needle forward. It moved oh, the needle forward on franchising. It moved the needle forward on real Bergen. It moved the, the needle forward on McLean, your family. Like, Oh, isn't that just free knowing that? <laughs> it is. Oh. The, th the thing, the thing is, uh, I am very clear that I would not, I'm clear. I'm the person to cause the business and the work of transformation that we're doing on the planet. I'm very clear. I'm the person to create that business structure for that to happen. Uh, and the, and the reason I have that clarity is because of those experiences. You know, I had had step up foundation, which was a community, you know, it was a nonprofit and it was run by, uh, you know, it started with 20 people coming to my house every Tuesday night in Auckenflower and, and yet it ended up volunteering to organize a, a two day event for, few hundred kids to we ended up working with thousands and thousands of thousands of young people 14 to 18 year olds across three countries and making a massive difference to them uh and i'd had that experience of having something grow inside communities so someone would say well we want your program to come to our town and we go great here's a 50 page application make sure you're serious about it and once they jump through that hoop we're like okay great they really do want it you know and so we went to wherever we were wanted. So that was one model and uh, had a very lean team, two fantastic general managers, one in New Zealand, one here. And then, and then I had the franchise experience and I learned about everything that works about franchising, everything that doesn't. And there's a ton that doesn't. Uh, and I could not be doing this business in this structure uh, if I hadn't had those two experiences. And particularly having, having had one be a massive win and one be an epic um, in the end, it was still a massive win, but it, you know, financially failed in the end. Uh, and we can have another conversation about how come and what did I learn about that? Cause there's tons about that. Uh, but, um, you know, like even in this business, I literally invented a new legal instrument that had not been done before that we are rolling out and that's how we're expanding through cities. So, oh, cool. you know, that I couldn't have even that idea couldn't have even come to me if I was not clear that I needed to find a way to do the step-up model and the franchise model without the stuff that didn't work and with all the stuff that did. And that's how I invented that legal document. And now we have an access to um, raising capital in a city, having people get a win out of that, having them share in profits. And there's a, there's a, there's a, they purchase the rights to do that. And it's, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, it's super clear, I, like in the process of creating that, I was like, oh my God, absolutely everything that's happened is for me to be here in this role. Absolutely mm -hmm. everything. There's no question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the fact that I did the program when I was 22, the fact that I had a strategic planning business, the fact that I've been doing strategy for brands all over the world for years, uh, the fact that I had Step Up, the fact that I had 10X, all of those things mean that I'm now um, and not from an ego perspective, I just mean from a, um, from a skills perspective, I'm like, dude, I actually, I know how to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. And, you've had and I'm like, oh my God, that's so perfect. Cause I want to do this thing. I really want to do this thing. Our, our game is to have a hundred cities on the planet offering our education to business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders. And I'm like, I actually know how to do that. I know how to do that. It's just now the doing of it. And 
uh, have the experience like I did with Step Up, where it was already it's already done, and now I'm living into it. If that makes sense. Lo- get that on so many levels. I had a mentor years years ago when I was an athlete. He said to me, "You think that this is your ultimate game, but he's like, this is just preparation." And I remember thinking, "Oh." as if like he's trying to make me feel better about what's going on right now. Um, and I, you know, I think it was like five years ago. I just really had this moment of, wow. But when you're in it, you do, you think that's all there is. You just, that's right. maybe some people don't, but I did. I really went, this is as big. This was the dream. I'm here. This is a dream manifestation podcast. So I think that's really interesting as well. What you're speaking to is this idea that we can only dream to a certain capacity. And when Oprah came to Australia, she said that so poignant. It just got me. She said her whole life, she dreamt about owning a place that had an oak tree. And as she looked out from where she was having tea with, with Stedman and she said, she looked out and she saw, he said, honey, there's a hundred oak trees here. (laughs) And it was that moment of she could only dream for one of the universe had hundreds and hundreds planned. And I just think, isn't that just this <laughs> message? It's yeah, like, amazing. we think it's about 10 X. We think it's about step up. We think it's maybe when you're 22 and you have that amazing job and then the dreams just, yeah, they're just bigger. They're just bigger yeah. and better. So now as just, this is kind of a finale question, but because money in you is so powerful and, and you're not only in the doing of it, but you're making it available to others. So what, were the, what are the distinctions that you currently use, or maybe it's from Creating Wealth, the next program. What are the distinctions that you now use in your operations? Like you're basically in it. You're creating new systems. You're, you're going for, you want more cities, more cities. What are the ones that you seem to use more and more from these courses? Uh, it's almost impossible to answer because for me, what happens is we look to the, the distinctions of money and you every day in everything that's working and everything that's not. We've either used the distinction to produce the result or if something's gone not the way we wanted, we go, okay, well, hang on, which, what did we miss? What, what, what did we not consider or what step didn't we take? And the, and the one thing I think that is prevalent it's extremely prevalent in our culture is uh, there's a piece of money in you about mastery. So, you know, if you want to master anything, money, um, business, wealth, relationships, whatever you want to master, whatever you're really committed to, there's this whole piece about mastery. And one of the things, there's a few things in it that are key. One of the things is surround yourself with people who ask more of you than you do. Uh, The removal of mediocrity, we call that. So, I'm definitely surrounded by people like that. The other thing is that's massive is a commitment to excellence. And then the other thing is um, correction without invalidation. You know, we just, I just had an error. Uh, something's gone south with, with particular client service aspects with someone. And, you know, whilst I want to jump up and down and go, oh, <laughs> I know that 6% of the time it's a human error and 94% of the time it's a system error. I know that. that that's clear from Deming's work and from all the work we've done and, and the systems I've built over the years. I'm very clear of that. And sometimes it is human error and you just, it's very frustrating when that happens. But um, we stand in correction without a validation and then we say, okay, what did we learn? What do we need to do now? And who do we need to thank? 
uh, for that experience. Those are the three things. There's another um, distinct flip chart from what I knew, but really I think it's those three things. Surround yourself with people who ask more of you than you do, which anyone listening to this is obviously doing that by even being here. Uh, commit to excellence um, and, and like technical excellence, be excellent at what you do. Uh, and then correction without a validation of self or others. And those are just three. There's a lot more to master. But there's just three that is a huge part of our culture um, and where we tend to go. So the, that error just happened. I want to have a tantrum, a grown-up tantrum about it. I can't because I'm like, dude, we stand for correction without invalidation. Okay. <laughs> what did you learn? What are we taking on? What are we thankful for? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, they, I would say those, are, but we, we do look to the, we look to the work daily moment to moment about what's working and not working and where are we missing something and what can we put in to make it happen. And, and look, we're in a fast growth, um, company where, where there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of opportunities for things, errors there's in that kind of environment. Um, we're putting in systems, we're adding systems. In six months' time, it'll be a very different um, business. But, and it's not even, even inside that concept of a fast-growing business, it's not roses, it's not easy. It's, it takes everything to cause the result. But the game is keep causing, keep standing for what you're standing for, keep causing, keep forwarding, and, and never let, to talk about perfectionism, never let perfect get in the way of better. As long as you're making progress, as long as you're making progress, as long as you're forwarding uh, to fulfill your intention and who you want to be for others, uh, who you committed to being for others, because business is really not about what money or what people think it's about. It's really about what's, who do you want to be for others, who you're being of service to and adding value to. And the minute you're focused on that, the rest happens. So, yeah. That, wow. that would be, I know that was a very want, long answer, but. No. Okay. I want to title this, your episode, never let perfect get in the way of better. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and, and I love everything that you just said, because what I'm getting is your work is so interesting because what you're making available is actually the thing that you use every day and all the people in your organization have gone through it as well. Very interesting. And to me, the power is that the distinctions live in you all every single day and that mm. to me is the difference um and like you saying being causing a difference in other people's lives um i've i've been really blown away by what you've shared and you're such an example of don't let perfect get in the way of better and just continuing <laughs> to stand up again and again and again not inviting necessarily disaster but knowing that that it is still forward there's still forward movement um, Real, thank you so much for taking time out because I know this is a fast growing <laughs> moment for you guys. You're very in it. It's full tilt. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So 
open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.